you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together, we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah, and some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. What is up? Welcome to another edition of the NFL Fantasy Football Podcast. It's me, your man, MG Marcus Grant, alongside socially distancing from however you want to describe it. uh, The Fantasy Hall of Famer, Michael Fabiano. Um, Hanging in there, right? We're still we're still here. So that's good. Yeah, man. And you know what? I think I had this coronavirus already. Really? I'll tell you guys a quick story. Remember in January when I missed like a bunch of podcasts because I was sick? Mm -hmm. So. I had 101 to 104 degree fever for about a week. Uh, I had chills like you would not imagine, like I could not stop my body from shaking. I would literally sweat through two sets of clothes every single night. Uh, I was just aches, pains. Like I didn't have like the cough like really bad, but 
I had a whole bunch of the other uh, symptoms, right? So I went and got tested for flu A and B negative. I got tested for strep negative. I got tested for mono negative. The doctors didn't know what it was. Come to find out my neighbor, I just found this out like within a week, uh, a week or so ago, my neighbor who lives right behind me, he was in China in the Uh, end of December. mm -hmm. And when he came home, he got really sick, like had to go to the hospital and he had all the COVID-19 symptoms, all of them so bad that he was, he went to the hospital. And so shortly after he got it, his son got it, but his son recovered really quick, like, you know, in, in a few days. So I was around him during the time when, if this had happened now, he would have been quarantined, Mm -hmm. shaking hands, talking in close quarters, that kind of stuff. Wow. And after I got it, Matthew got it too. My son got it too. And he had the same thing where he kind of got, uh, he got it and then recovered kind of quickly. Mm-hmm. So I reached out to like friends that I have that are doctors, my cardiologist, uh, a buddy of mine, who's, uh, who's a nurse practitioner who, um, whose expertise is in respiratory, uh, issues. And they all think I had it. I hope I did because I got over it and hopefully it's now I would be sort of immune it. to right. it. But I'll tell you something, man, like I'd never been that sick before. Like, I, and I don't know if I had it or not, because I, I don't even I, I can't really tell one way or the other. But all right. I know is that I had a really freaking bad something going on and it was brutal. Like I would literally sleep in bed or lay awake in bed and I felt like I was in a frying pan. My, my fever was so bad. It was wow. brutal. So I don't know, man. Yeah, I, I think I there's a lot of people being... out there who had it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I remember you being sick. I remember that. I remember you telling us about the fever and, and you know, Graham and Eddie and I just being like, wow, that it just it seemed really intense. So, uh, I mean, who knows? I mean, wow. there, there, so many people have probably gone through this and had no idea. Um, so yeah. and my neighbor had said that when he flew back, there was people on the plane coughing. Wow. Sick. So, I mean, that's where that's where it all started. That's. That's kind of where it started. Wow. All nice. right. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Well, hopefully we can uh, turn our attention to football for a little bit, sort of uh, mm. not think about this for the next, you know, 45 minutes or so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The dra- I know the NFL draft is coming up, but I wanted to take today's show to kind of do something a little bit fun. The NFL released uh, on Monday. It's all decade team from the 2010s. Uh, I'm sure you have seen it or have heard discussion about it or something like that. So we want to figure out our all decade fantasy team. Um, I'm sure a lot of it will overlap what they did with the all decade team. So we'll talk about that. We'll also talk about the fact that the NFL uh, network, our employer, uh, is reshowing Red Zone right now. So I, I went on the Internet and I dug out an, a Red Zone drinking game uh, for those of you who, <laughs> for those of you who have nothing to do. Uh, and you're just sitting around trying to occupy your time. Uh, just some ideas uh, if you're going to watch the red zone of how to do it, because you pretty much know what's going to happen. So you got to find a way to make it interesting. So uh, we'll talk about that as well. But before we do that, let's talk to our faithful producer, senior Edward L. Murphy Esquire. Uh, Murph, what's new? Guys, we are close to the uh, the Bucks releasing their uh, new uniforms, correct? At the time of this yeah, recording. Right. Yeah, it's happening today. So will Tom Brady's 12, uh, number 12 creamsicle be the NFL's number one selling jersey anything, for 2022? Anything short of the creamsicle will be a disappointment. Yeah. It has to be. It's not going to be, but it happens. Well, the the rumor is their home and away are going to go back to their uh, Super Bowl era jerseys, the the red and I guess pewter oh. color. But the they do have if you go to NFL shop, they do have an alternate jersey, and that's the rumor is that there's going to be a creamsicle variety as the oh, third. Gotta uh, do it. Got to do it. Gotta yeah, do it. I, 
I don't I didn't mind those the Super Bowl era jerseys. I thought those were cool. Yeah. Um I don't I don't like the new ones, the current ones, but that uh, I think yeah. about the alar- the alarm clock yeah, numbers because that's that. kind of what they look like. Not a fan of those. But if they, if they went back to like the, you know, the the Ronde Barber era jerseys, like I'd be cool with that. Um, I think the, the combination of people being stuck at home now and then these jerseys coming out, you know, everyone's ordering stuff on Amazon. Tom Brady may have a lot. I mean, that jersey might fly off the shelves, you know, at one yeah. o'clock today. I think when it's sort of being announced, <laughs> Dude, uh, you won't see yeah. me getting a, a Brady, but I could be convinced to maybe get it if it's a if they do sell the creamsicle. I could get another player, maybe a Mike Evans or Godwin Ooh, on the, the creamsicles. I, yeah, I mean. Any creamsicle, I'll I'll wear it, man. I love good. those jerseys, dude. Yeah. And the white ones too. The white ones are underrated as well. Yeah. Because yeah. back in back in the day, you had you know the white ones, which were actually typically your road ones, unless you played the Cowboys, mm-hmm. uh, or your home ones, and then the road ones were the ones that were colored. And so, give me those, dude. I love those creamsicles. Those are those are the best. Okay, excuse me. Did we love the creamsicles? I mean, Eddie, I don't know if they were still wearing them when you started watching football. So, yeah, the first, I think it was like All-Stats rookie season. So I was around, but it was Mm -hmm. like, I was not really cognizant of the right, what's right. going on. I remember because like Josh Freeman had they had worn those creamsicles as a throwback at some point during mm-hmm. that era. It did, yeah. 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 I, I wonder did we love them when they first wore them, or do we love them now because they're nostalgic? <laughs> that's I right. mean, that's that's a good question. And I, I think from my perspective, just because I'm I'm a tiny bit younger than you guys, I think that I'm a I don't know if I'm weird that in this new era that I like I think most of ninety eight percent of the time, your original, your team's original jerseys were probably their best version of it. Very mm-hmm. few teams have upgraded it, and if they did upgrade it, it's only a slight upgrade from the original. Like the Bucks going full on like alarm clock numbers and adding in the pewter, but with the orange, it's awful. So I don't <laughs> think I, I'm not saying the cream schools are the best uniforms the NFL's ever seen, but I think part of me is like, okay, it's a pretty good, it's a good color scheme. It was a pretty basic jersey, not too much going on, and uh, I think it's okay. And I. I the younger generation is what I think ruined a lot of the newer stuff because they just want new and fresh and cool things. And you see it a lot in college uniforms, um, mm-hmm. especially like, you know, these like Nike teams and stuff like that. But uh, I, go back to the 60s or 70s. Those are the best looking var- like variety of any team's uniforms. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you might be right. I just I, it's funny. Like, I think some of these uniforms. Uh, I don't think we loved them at the time. I think right. just now that we look back, it's nostalgic. You're like, oh, yeah, I remember that. Like, the only one I say, like, the, the Chargers powder blue was always mm-hmm. great. That mm-hmm. was always awesome. Mm-hmm. I see. I was always a fan of the Royal Blue during the Dan Fouts era. And one jersey, I guarantee you, top five jersey all time, Houston Oilers powder blue, man. Oh, the Houston I mean, Oilers powder blue. Those are, those are, so hell, they, they may be, they may be the best. NFL jersey ever like yeah those are those are those are pretty great it's funny too because like you know growing up in the Bay Area and stuff like um you know everyone loves the Raiders jersey because it's just you know silver and black my mother was always like I don't get it she's like they're black and gray what's the big deal I'm like ma it's silver and black she's they're black and gray she was always a fan of the Dolphins she thought teal and orange worked well together those those are top five also like (laughs) those are awesome the teal ones they're tremendous so, all right. Well, we'll get to see. We'll see uh, later today. Probably by the time this podcast is released, uh, mm-hmm. I would think that the Bucks will have unveiled their uniform. So we'll 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 have a, an idea of that today. So, all right, there you go. Uh, in the meantime, let's do some news. Let's do the news. 
Well, it is happening the way we thought it would happen. The NFL is going to have a virtual draft. And, you know, I, I had sort of been joking about this for a while, Fab, that it's going to be like a fantasy draft. I know other people are, are making the same joke. I'm not, I'm not saying I'm the only one. A lot of people are making that joke that it is going to be like a fantasy draft. Um, I want what I want more than anything. I would love to see a a chat room of all the NFL GMs and coaches, uh, you know, like, like in an actual fantasy draft, right? Like, is somebody going to like, you know, start swearing because the guy they wanted got picked like a couple of slots before them. Are they going to be mad when somebody trades up? Is somebody, uh, is somebody going to screw around and pick a guy that's already been drafted? Like I want, (laughs) I want this chat room more than anything I've ever wanted in my life. And imagine if like Roger Goodell is the commissioner running this this draft on NFL.com fantasy platform and something happens like in 2003 when the Vikings got skipped and then the Jaguars <laughs> came in and they grabbed Byron Leftwich and then the Panthers came in and they I think it was Jordan Gross and then the Vikings finally got their pick was Kevin Williams ninth overall. Imagine, if you will, a scenario where. Joe Burrows goes number one. The Redskins are on the clock, and they're deciding, is it Tua or is it Chase Young? Is it Tua or is it Chase Young? We can't decide. We don't know what to do. The clock is ticking. Tick, 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 tick. Finally, the Redskins just miss out on making the pick, and the Lions are on the clock. And the Lions <laughs> in the chat room are saying, wait a minute, Roger, what, what, it, it's our turn to pick. What's going on? The Lions take Chase Young. Then the Redskins go in the chat room and say, wait, no, we want to chase Young. We want to chase you have to reverse the pick. Remember, how many times as a commissioner have you had to reverse the pick? Because somebody picked somebody they didn't want or they picked somebody. Wait, I made a mistake. Wait, the clock ran out. No, wait a minute. My clock is it, – it would be high comedy. It would be chaos. It would be hilarious. I have already offered my services to all 32 teams on Twitter <laughs> because I have over 20 years experience doing this thing on the computer. And I wonder, you got to think, right? I mean, at least a couple of people that are going to be involved in this draft, they're probably going to be in their robes, maybe in their boxers, you know, maybe got a couple of beers, having some fun. It, hey, man, the, the world has gone from reality to fantasy, and it's going to be really interesting to see, number one, how it's covered and right. how it all works out because it's going to be interesting, man. Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing for me is I'm, I want to see how it is going to be covered. I mean, you're going to have teams at 32 different locations. You're going to have the commissioner at a separate location. You're going to have players all around the country at home doing their thing. Um, I mean, I, I, I've been sort of watching our own network and how we're putting together shows now and putting them on the air and it's the thing, you know, it's, it's what a lot of networks are doing, whether it's sports or just entertainment or what have you, you know, people recording stuff from home and sending it in. So I'm very curious how this is going to work for the NFL draft. I think if nothing else, uh, I mean, look, the, the NFL draft does ratings anyway, because people love it. It's going to do even bigger ratings because there's nothing else sports wise really to watch right now. Um, but I think just the curiosity factor of how they put this thing together, uh, yeah. it means even more people are going to tune in just just for curiosity's sake, it's the yeah, outcome. Right. It's going right, to be No doubt. Hey, listen, everyone's already watched Ozark. I mean, everyone's already watched the Tiger <laughs> King. What the hell else are you going to watch? So it, it'll it'll be – I think the ratings will be pretty good, as you mentioned, if for no other reason, aside from the fact that it's the NFL, uh, curiosity factor. How's yeah. this all going to work? No doubt. Uh, other actual football news. Uh, Rams GM Les Sneed says that his offense wants to, quote, utilize more than one workhorse moving the ball Wonderful. with different skill sets. So what that says to me is that, at least for now, both uh, Malcolm Brown, 
uh, and, and with uh, Daryl Henderson, Daryl Henderson, I was blanking mm-hmm. on his name. Did thank you, Daryl Henderson, uh, are going to get opportunities until they maybe draft somebody? But yeah, it, it I think like they're committee. Draft somebody. Yeah, it's it, it stinks. It all it's all bad. I mean, it, th- this situation is just as bad as that crappy logo. Um, but <laughs> to, although although the helmets kind of look pretty cool, um, but. I feel like Daryl Henderson is still going to be the first player out of that backfield drafted in fantasy leagues because we all remember the upside and the hype and the nine yards per carry in college. And, you know, last season he didn't do much of anything, uh, didn't mm-hmm. have much of an opportunity. But I feel like this is a scenario where you can't draft any one of the Rams running backs as more than a flex. And I think Henderson would probably be the first guy and then Brown and who knows. There's a lot of good running backs in the draft, man. I mean, a lot of good. What if they took mm-hmm. a chance on Moss out of Utah, right? I mean, right. like anybody at that level, you're telling me is not going to come in and potentially make an impact. So the Rams no, I mean, that field right. could end up going from like we know it's Gurley and we have no problem starting him every single week as a RB two last season to, you know, who the hell am I starting this week? It, it could be that confusing. Well, and the the hardest part is, and look, I mean, there there are a lot of this is well well down the list of things that are going to happen because there's no training camp, but because there's no training camp and there may not be preseason, um, the opportunity for us to kind of see how this will shake out is going to be sort of gone. I mean, we are really going to be flying blind coming into this when it comes to running back committees and, and how, how these things shake out because we're not going to have OTAs. We may not have training camp. We just don't know. So uh, I think you're right. I think Daryl Henderson right now is the lead back there. Um, but exactly how much work any other running backs get, uh, it's still a mystery. Because yeah, we, I, yeah, I wonder watch. if there's something in the CBA, though, where the players have to have a certain amount of training camp practices or play a certain amount of preseason. I, I don't know. Like everything, I guess, is, is sort of negotiable at this point because we're in such an odd time in our history. But they, they, there has to be some sort of training camp. I don't know if it's going to start at the end of July. Who knows? And I would think maybe they're going to decrease the number of preseason games so they can start the season as close to uh, the original start date as possible. But hell, right. everything's a guessing game. Anybody who, anybody who says that the NFL season should start on time, even our president, is guessing. Nobody knows. Right. I mean, it's it's. Nobody I think knows. it's, it's best everyone's being scenario. hopeful. Everyone's being hopeful. Everyone is is you know best case scenarioing this, mm-hmm. but yeah, who knows? Um, I mean, yeah. it's not football related, but I read a report last night that Major League Baseball is hoping to start by May with some weird proposal that they're going to play all their games in Arizona. Yes. Um, I mean, the whole thing sounded bananas, but I mean, it's just it kind of goes to show that uh, uh, people are just trying to be hopeful and, and give best case scenarios. Right. Exactly. Tools. And and we hope those best case scenarios do pan out. Absolutely. Um, speaking of best case scenarios, the Bears are going to have an open competition at quarterback. <laughs> they are going to pick you know Nick, Foles, Nick Foles versus Mitch Trubisky. I mean, I think we sort of saw this coming the moment Foles landed in Chicago. Uh, do you have a preference for which of the two wins this job? I mean, Foles is going to win. Mm-hmm. The only thing that's keeping him from winning this is if he goes down with another injury. Because, And I've said this in the past. When Foles hasn't been with the Eagles – what is it, Marcus? He's been underwhelming. Like people yeah. get hyped on him. Like they were all hyped on him. Jacksonville was excited to have him. Their quarterback's now Gardner Minshew. Okay. They got rid of full. <laughs> and he has gone to other destinations where he hasn't performed. And I'm not saying that he can't, but I, I feel like he's, he's going to enter the regular season as a starter. Mitchell Trubisky is absolutely positively going to start games, whether it's because full struggles or uh, he has some issues in terms of staying hundred percent healthy, which again, that that's been that's been a problem. Uh, so 
either I'm not starting either one. I'm not drafting either one of these guys. Uh, maybe they're going to be DFS options. Maybe they're going to be, you know, maybe you're going to draft them in best ball. That's probably about it. Yeah. I mean, I'm just, I'm just hoping that, you know, whoever wins that if it is Nick Foles, whoever it is, can do something to help out Allen Robinson, uh, help out Allen Robinson, the ball. Help, out those, help, help out those wide receivers, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and whoever they're tight. Well, Jimmy Graham is their tight end. Okay. Who's their tight end? Jimmy Graham. So. They, have, uh, they have quite a few. They have, they have, <laughs> they have Burton. I mean, they've got, right. they got like, they got like 10 tight ends. They've got a few roster. tight ends on their roster. Yeah. <laughs> but whoever wins, like, I, I don't know that I'll be drafting the Bears quarterback. I just want that person whoever it is to inject some life into their, their past game. Hey, Allen Robinson was awesome last season with Trubisky and Chase Daniel throwing on the football. So hell, maybe him and Foles get a nice rapport going. But again, we talk about it. It's going to be late because we don't expect there to be OTAs and yep. potentially an abbreviated training camp. So, uh, yep. but that's the hope. That is the hope. Um, Sammy Watkins stays in Kansas City. He and the Chiefs agree on a new one-year deal. So I guess that means we have another season of Watkins having like one huge blow-up game that causes everybody to pick right. him up off the waiver wire, and then he just disappears again, right? Yeah, in all likelihood. I mean, it's obviously good for Patrick <laughs> Mahomes because you keep that that, that field-stretching vertical threat uh, in your arsenal. Uh, it, it does hurt. I, I like Nicole Hardman a whole heck of a lot, and if he played mm-hmm. – uh, on this Chiefs team, and, and Watkins wasn't there for example, he he could end up being a huge sleeper uh, breakout type this season. But I got I, I got a question for you now. Okay. Last week we talked about the uh, the mock draft that I did. Mm-hmm. Tyree Kill, where did where I feel like Tyree Kill's value is going to be a point of contention because a lot of people have him. Like I have him fourth. He's right in that Julio Jones range. Other people have him after the two Buccaneers wide receivers. Where do you have him? Um, I. <sighs> I think I would put him somewhere between Godwin and Evans. Cause I think so, I, so, I'm so after Godwin and before Evans, right after Godwin, before Evans. I think I'm a little bit lower on Mike Evans, maybe than some people, not that he won't, not that he'll be bad. I just think that, you know, what he does is he's that downfield kind of jump ball guy. I, I don't know that he'll get the same number of targets. I think he'd be a kind of a red zone threat maybe for Brady. Uh, Chris Godwin's going to be the guy that's peppered with targets. And I think Tyreek Hill kind of falls in between that because look, you know, Miko Hardman's still there. We know Kelsey's going to get his, whoever's their running back is still going to get targets out of the backfield. So Tyreek Hill's a guy that I think you, you draft based on his explosion, based on his big play potential, not necessarily because he is going to always see, you know, 120 targets in a season. Yeah. So that's my thought. Mm-hmm. Um, Rashad Perriman says his finish last year with the Bucks with a sneak peek for the Jets. I mean, I guess, Fabs, we talked about Rashad Perriman. This is a guy who's bounced around the league already in a fairly short amount of time, and now he's going to an Adam Gase offense. Um, I am always skeptical of guys who have like big finishes sort of out of nowhere. So pardon me if I'm not just jumping on the Brashad Perriman bandwagon right now. And let's keep in mind, Perriman was basically waiver wire fodder for most of the season. And then Mm -hmm. Evans and Godwin both went down. Then he became the top target in that offense. And he did put up really good numbers. And I'm not going to take that away from him. But it's, it's the Buccaneers and Bruce Arians, and they threw the ball a ton. Uh, Jameis loves to throw the ball to the other team, which means he's going to have to throw the ball to try and erase deficits. And Perryman was uh, the beneficiary there. Now with the Jets, this is not an offense that's going to throw the ball as much as a Bruce Arians offense under uh, Jameis Winston, who who the hell knows where he's going to go at this point. <laughs> and you've got Jamison Crowder there, and I would contend that Jamison Crowder will lead that team in targets, not Rashad Perriman. So Perriman can say what he wants. But at the end of the day, he's really shown a very short period of time 
in where he's been fantasy relevant. And so he's got a lot to prove, uh, at least in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, basically, I mean, it, it, he's got those three games at the end of the year. I mean, I, I guess maybe if I dig back through his game logs, I could probably find one or two others where he had decent numbers. You can, you can do some serious digging there. I mean, I gotta go, like, if, I, if I dig enough, I'm sure I can, I'm sure I can, you know, squint hard and find something, but yeah. it just, there, there hasn't been enough there for me to get excited, especially right. in an offense that last year just couldn't really produce anything at all. So, mm-hmm. all right, there you go. That's pretty much everything you need to know. That was the news. All right. On Monday, the NFL released its all decade team uh, and, you know, people debated round and round who who was there, who should have been there, who got left off, what have you. We're a fantasy football show, obviously. So let's talk about the our all decade fantasy team. Uh, I, I went through the the four top positions. I didn't put kicker in there. Sorry, Justin Tucker and Steven. Sorry. Um, but uh, so the guys that are listed and then we can kind of you know go around on on if those are the two best guys or the best guys or if there should be somebody else there. So quarterbacks, I mean, look, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers are your all decade team quarterbacks. But I threw a couple more names in here. Right. So pick if you have to pick two between mm-hmm. Rodgers, Brady, Drew Brees, Russell Wilson. Um, is there somebody that maybe gets in that that didn't get in originally or not? I mean, are we looking at just straight fantasy points? Just straight that, fantasy points. Just straight Drew, fantasy. Brees, Drew Brees leads the position in fantasy points during that right. decade. So, I mean, it's 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 him, Brady, and Rodgers, and they're wicked close. Like, mm-hmm. Brees is at 3,097, Brady's at 2,979, and then Rodgers is at 2,971. So, like, you could pick any one of the three. For me, it's Drew Brees. Right. Uh, and Rodgers did it in fewer games, though. Rodgers mm-hmm. did it in 142 games. Breeze was at 153. Brady was at 156. So if you're going on a point per game basis, the Rodgers is probably the guy. But it's 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 one of those three. And there's some other players who've snuck in. Matt mm-hmm. Ryan's fourth, and Philip Rivers is fifth. <laughs> so like, wow. I mean, like you wouldn't expect it. Russell Wilson is seventh. So to me, if I had a pick, it'd probably be Breeze. But mm-hmm. Rodgers is right there too because Rodgers did it in fewer games. He did it in nine fewer games. So yeah, I mean, I would think that my my two would be Rodgers and Breeze. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like you know, look, Brady. Brady obviously was a winner. I mean, just in terms of winning games, like you know, he he obviously did it better than anybody else in the past mm-hmm. decade. But I feel like in terms of his fantasy production, a lot of that came in the decade before. I mean, he he sort of crossed over into the 2010s, but we also sort of saw him fall off a little bit. Uh, near the end of the decade. And so I think, you know, certainly Breeze in terms of of just consistency year after year. Rodgers, uh, in terms of the fact that you could pretty much count on him as long as he was healthy to be a top three quarterback. I threw Russell Wilson in there just because I feel like he, I was going through it, he just kept popping up. Like I just kept seeing his name top five, top 10 year after year. And maybe because he runs. I don't know. I felt like he, sure. he at least deserved some honorable mention or something. Yeah, it's funny too when you look at the list because a lot of this is like kind of, you know, Andre Reed sort of gets into the Hall of Fame because he's been <laughs> right. in the league for freaking ever. And I mean, he was right. a receiver too, but Eli Manning is 10th. Andy Dalton is 11th. Joe Flacco is 12th. And Ryan Fitzpatrick is 13th. So, like, wow. you know, it's because they they played a lot of games right. in the decade. But yeah. uh, I feel like between Breeze and Rodgers and Brady, I mean, you can't go wrong with either one of those three. 
no doubt. Uh, all right, so then let's do some predictions for the, the next decade. I feel like Patrick Mahomes is well on his way yes. to being one of the quarterbacks of the next decade to get in uh-huh. there. Yeah, dude. No, he would have to be the guy, right? It'd have to be Mahomes. Right. Mahomes. So, and you're gonna put you're gonna put Lamar Jackson in there as well because they're young. Because I mean, right. we're just we're just getting this decade started, so they're young. We want young guys. So Mahomes is certainly there. Lamar Jackson is certainly going to be there as well. I mean, are we talking about Josh Allen? I mean, he's a young guy who's 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 shown some potential. Are we talking about Kyler Murray? Kyler Murray is is young, and we right. know what he can do with his legs too. I mean, I. I would have even stumped for Deshaun Watson, but Bill O'Brien just keeps <laughs> destroying that team and like leaving him without anything. Because Watson is still a fairly young guy and, and he's yeah. certainly very talented. They just, yeah. you know, they just keep blowing that team up around him. So he may not have the personnel to help him get there in the next right. decade. True. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, let's see, move over to the running backs. The Your all decade running backs. Frank Gore, who I keep joking, is also going to be on the 2020s uh, all-decade team because he's just going to still be playing. Yeah, and you know who's not getting coronavirus? Frank Gore. Because you can't. And, and if he does, he's surviving it. He's, he's going to beat the hell forever. out of it in about a week. He's yeah, done. He's, yeah, he's, he's going like, to live forever. This is nothing. Uh, so Frank Gore, Marshawn Lynch, uh, LaShawn McCoy, Adrian Peterson. Those are your four guys. Mm-hmm. I honestly was trying to find some other potential nominees, and I, I really – couldn't. I mean, I thought maybe Le'Veon Bell, but he sort of showed up, uh, you know, in a big way midway through the decade. Uh, Arian Foster only had a few decent years. Matt Forte was mostly the previous decade. Ezekiel Elliott's been great, but, you know, he hasn't been in the league that long. Mm-hmm. I feel like these four are probably your winners for fantasy. LaShawn McCoy is the highest scoring running back yeah. during that decade. Yeah. And he's the only running back with more than uh 1910 points in ppr leagues he has 2341 fantasy points during the decade and leads that position people forget how good he was i mean the eagles had have had a nice stretch of really good running backs i mean going back to like brian westbrook as well uh mccoy is tremendous uh forte is second adrian peterson third frank gore fourth Le'Veon bell is fifth and you mentioned he's only played 77 games in the decade Mm -hmm. but boy 77 games marcus and he's fifth Okay, right. <laughs> four guys ahead of him. The minimum games they play in the decade is 114. So, wow. Le'Veon Bell. I mean, it sucks what's happened to him in New York, and Adam Gase is Adam Gased him, I guess you could say. But Le'Veon Bell, you know that dude, beastly numbers. But he's he's actually the only player in the top eight with fewer than 99 games played in the decade. Wow. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's funny because you mentioned Shady, right? And I feel like because of what's happened the last few years, I think people might have forgotten how great he was right i mean you know his last his last year in buffalo he didn't do much last year he was basically a ghost in kansas city um but man i mean this is a dude who was like he was a lock for a top three fantasy pick for years in philadelphia mm-hmm. because of how good he was in andy reed's offense and so mm-hmm. yeah. um yeah i mean i guess it's not when i think about it it's not a surprise that he led mm-hmm. running backs and fantasy points in the decade but uh, yeah, because we have short internet memories. Um, yes, you know, yes. <laughs> we forget about that. Number 10 uh, among running backs in the decade, yeah. mm-hmm. Darren Sproles. Wow. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was on the all decade team, was like a, a special team or like special a flex player. I think they had. And this, yeah. is, and this is just traditional PPR scoring, so you're not getting any points for return yards. If mm-hmm. you added that in, holy cow. Wow. Darren Sproles has had an um, amazingly great career, like a sneaky great career, right? Yeah. Like he's won a Super Bowl. He's been in the league for years. He's always been productive no matter where he's gone. Um, 
props to, to, to Darren Sproles, man. I, I wonder I wonder if we're going to see the next Darren Sproles in Clyde the Glide. Oh, Clyde, Clyde similar, Edward Delaire. Very similar skill set, uh, skill set excuse me. Interesting. So, yeah, um, man. He, I mean, that could, take be, as, uh, that could be interesting. Does he take as many steps, though? Darren Sproles has, like, those short, choppy steps. Like, if you played in a, yeah, yeah. If you played in a points-per-steps-taken league, he would be the number one pick every <laughs> single year. Every year. No doubt about it. Yeah. Um. No all right, so then looking ahead to the next decade, right? I feel like, what, Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley. I mean, I guess we could probably put Zeke in that group, right? I mean – yeah. Depending on how long he plays, there are there are some some interesting prospects, I think, for the next decade coming up. Yeah, and, and we've got some young guys coming in, and DeAndre Swift and Jonathan Taylor, who uh, a lot of us in the industry are very high on. So, mm-hmm. I mean, Aaron Jones is a young guy, although the touchdown regression is coming. Nick right. Chubb is – think about it, Marcus. We I, I can't remember a time when we've had more good young running backs in the National mm-hmm. Football League. Honestly, like you can go almost on every single roster and pick out a guy – Boy, a lot of upside there. You know, even just going go through the go through the NFC East, okay? Mm-hmm. Zeke, Sanders, right. mm-hmm. Saquon, and then Darius. If Darius can can avoid injuries, yeah, he's, he's, we've got a lot of really good young running backs in this league, and we're only going to get more uh, after this month's draft. So, but yeah, I mean, you're right. Like McCaffrey, Kamara, uh, you know, the, Kamara, the guys, the guys yeah. at the top. The, the those guys are the ones who who are going to at the end of the decade be at the top in terms of fantasy scoring at that position. Yeah. You know, it's funny too, because I'm, I'm sort of curious how this, how it goes next for the next 10 years. Right. Because as the league goes to more committees, mm-hmm. um, it's going to be hard to find Like you're not going to find a guy anytime soon that, that was getting the level of work of like Adrian Peterson in his prime. Right. Or even Marshawn Lynch uh, in his peak with the, the Seahawks. Like, Guys just aren't going to get that level of touches generally. I mean, I guess you know you could say that about Barkley and 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 McCaffrey, or whatever. But most guys, you know, you're going to top out at about 250 touches a year. It's just not going to be the same. So I think I think what we're going to look at for our next decade, the numbers are going to look a lot different, perhaps sure. for some of these guys than they than they do now. I don't know. Yeah. Just uh, wide receivers: Antonio Brown, Larry Fitzgerald, Calvin Johnson, Julio Jones. Sort of like the running backs, there was really nobody else that I thought really, you know, merited a whole lot of attention. I threw AJ Green as an honorable mention, maybe in there, um, but I don't, I don't necessarily think there's anybody that I'm really pounding the table for outside of those four guys. Uh, I did, I've been making the point though that I think Larry Fitzgerald, even on this list, is somehow underrated because <laughs> you look at the other three. I mean, AB, Megatron, Julio, they all had some consistency at quarterback for for most of their career Wait, you mean john skelton's not a good quarterback ryan lindley is that another Max one too? Hall. i mean yeah i mean yeah, yes he did have carson palmer for a while he did have you know kurt warner at the end of kurt's career but he also played with some really bad quarterbacks for a while and yeah. still managed to be productive so i mean like he deserves an extra check mark for me because of what he he played with during his career yeah, I mean Antonio Brown is the is the number one scoring wide receiver yeah. of the decade. Julio Jones is a very close second. Uh, uh, AB had a twenty four fifty nine, and Julio's at twenty three fifty one. Larry Fitz was at twenty two twenty two. Emmett Smith, right? That just popped into my head. <laughs> but he did it in one hundred fifty eight games. The other guys were at one thirty one and one twenty six, respectively. The one name he didn't mention, which may surprise you or it may not, when I actually divulge his name, mm-hmm. I'll give you a hint. Denver Broncos. 
Denver Broncos. Oh, uh, Demarius Thomas. Demarius Thomas. Oh, wow. Yeah, I guess that, that makes sense. Highest yeah. scoring player at wide receiver in the decade. Now, he had 143 games. So, in the top five, he had the second most games. But Demarius had some monster seasons with Peyton Manning. It's, with it's, Peyton it's, a, Manning. Wonder, it's yeah. a wonder how, like, you look at a player's numbers. And, I mean, same thing with, like, Julius Thomas. When you have a quarterback like Peyton Manning under center, and then everybody else, I mean, <laughs> that was the end. <laughs> right. That was the end of those guys, uh, you know, once Peyton was gone. But yeah, Demarius Thomas is up there. Uh, Brandon Brandon Marshall was a sixth. Calvin Johnson, mm. of the top eight wide receivers in the decade, he had ninety games. That's the fewest of wow. any receiver in that top eight, and uh, he had uh, about seven seventeen fifty nine. So he was uh, boy. Imagine I mean, if he, imagine if he decided to keep playing. I mean, if he kept playing, right? I mean, yeah. he he retired in twenty fifteen. Was mm-hmm. still very much in his prime. Still, you know, was very productive. Um, I mean, yep. look, the, the, his final season, he had 1,200 yards, nine touchdowns, 88 receptions. Mm-hmm. I mean, he still was getting it done. So, yeah, I mean, if he if he kept playing, it's interesting to wonder how far, uh, how high that number could have been. The number um, 10 player on the on the list, Golden yeah. Tate. Golden Tate. Wow. You wouldn't think that, right? I mean, he's caught so many passes, but you wouldn't think that because you're right. thinking about the big names like Nuke and Calvin and Jordy and Brandon Marshall right. Magic. But, yeah, he's 10th. Wow. Um yeah, I guess because you're right. He never, you never look at Golden Tate in any given year and think, you know, you never think of him among the elites. But he just, mm-hmm. there's something to be said for just steady, consistent production, yep. and that's kind of in Golden Tate for mm-hmm. uh, for the bulk of his career there. Um, all right, so then who are you putting? Who are you projecting on the the all 2020s uh, decade team? So Chris Godwin, right? You know, we I think he's he's got just immense upside of course you know a lot of it has to do with the quarterback position uh but he had that big season last year with Jameis throwing the ball to the wrong team constantly he could probably (laughs) do with anybody and now he's got tb12 we talk about tyreek hill kenny galladay dj moore and i mean if you want to go a little aj brown young guy i'm I'm picking out the youngsters yeah Uh, yeah Right, like that, that could happen. Buttons, I think could be, especially if Drew Locke turns out to be the guy Denver thinks he can be. Right. I, I mean, um, obviously, Michael Thomas is still a young guy. Devontae Adams is still a young guy. Nuke, uh, Julio Jones is getting up there, so uh, mm-hmm. I'm not going to put his name on the list. But a lot of talented guys, man, on this list. A lot of talented what about a? So, I mean, you talk about the quarterback mattering, but maybe mm-hmm. a dark horse, Michael Gallup. Um, who I think. Hey, man, really I'm all in good. on that one. I'll take it. I'm sure you are. I'm sure you are. I mean, Michael Gallup is it. A really good player. I, I mean, I'm curious to see how much longer uh, you know, Amari Cooper is going to be in Dallas. And again, like I said, it, it does depend on the quarterback if they decide to, to keep Dak long term or if they find another quarterback. But I mean, look, in his second year, Michael Gallup had 1,100 receiving yards. I mean, you know, there's potential for him to be really good at this. League. Yeah, and and so. I believe he missed a couple of games too. Um, mm-hmm. and, and then you've got some guys coming in. I mean, everyone loves C.D. Lamb, Jerry, you know, Jerry Judy. Jerry Judy. A lot right. of good receivers in this class, man. So yep. this is a, a like the running back position, wide receiver uh, is getting younger. We didn't even mention Juju, who's super young. <laughs> and because, you know, what have you done for me lately? But I mean, Juju right. One, one bad year and everybody falls right. off. I mean, exactly. <laughs> so, Cooper Cup too. Right. Yeah. I thought I saw Cooper Cup on that list. He's definitely one, uh, mm-hmm. especially if he and, and Jared Goff stay together for a while. It could potentially uh, put up some really nice numbers. Tight end. Not really a surprise. Gronk, Travis Kelsey. Uh, I would I would at least throw a vote, especially if you're talking fantasy, toward Jimmy Graham. I get in real football. Graham was not a blocker. Those other guys can at least block and be a part of the run game. But fantasy-wise, Jimmy Graham at least deserves some love for, for what he and Drew Brees were able to do together. I know the last 
what three four years graham has completely fallen off the radar but for a while he yeah. was one of the top tight ends in the game he is the highest scoring tight end in the decade wow okay uh, at okay. 1873 points but he also played the most games he had, he was mm. at 153 games whereas the rest of the top five you're looking at gronk at 115 witten at 144 Greg Olson at 142 and then Gates at 127. And we kind of got, you know, the end of Gates' career there too. But right. I mean, Gronkowski is the guy. I mean, there's, there's no question about that. Um, he scored, he scored, let's see, quickly doing the math. I mean, like not, around 90 fewer points than Graham. And he did it in, I mean, like 38 fewer games. So like, mm. I mean, it's definitely <laughs> Gronkowski. And the fact that Kelsey is up there too. I mean, Kelsey, 96 games at number six uh, right. for the decade. And gave you uh, thirteen hundred seventy-two points. That's that's impressive. Um, yeah, I mean, look, the, the the tight end position I felt was pretty pretty easy to to fit. It's funny too because like you talking bringing up Antonio Gates reminds me of how long exactly Antonio Gates played. Um, yeah, I mean, just hung. I mean, fifteen years was. Drafted in 2003, he was around for a while. Uh, Jason Witten, who is still technically playing in the NFL right now, another guy. Sour uh, who, Las Vegas Raiders jersey, please. Who's, who's gone? I mean, he literally will have spanned two decades, essentially. I mean, you know, Witten, another mm-hmm. one who started in, in 2003 and is it will be playing, or at least will be on a roster in 2020. Um, some of these are just hanging around, which sort of begs the question about going forward, right? I feel like George Kittle. George Kittle is yeah. an early an yeah. early lock right now for for the next decade. Yep. Mm-hmm. I I don't know. Can we find that other tight end right now? I mean, I thought maybe Hunter Henry, but he's got to stay healthy. Um, mm-hmm. Mark Andrews, maybe depending on what happens there in in Baltimore. Darren Waller is a young guy, right? Uh, so, you know, I don't know what happens but, with Tyler Higby and or Gerald Everett with. The but this Rams. is like the position, know. right? I mean, it's like you know we're all oh, running backs, hey, wide receivers, hello, tight ends. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, maybe uh, you were maybe, thinking Austin Hooper, but now in Cleveland, that that hurt his value. Evan Ingram, who I Evan love, Ingram can't stay healthy, uh, at least lately. So Dallas Goddard, he's in a. If there's ever a tight end timeshare, that would be it. That's in it. Philadelphia. Maybe Noah Fant. Yeah, uh, could, has the potential. Noah Fant, could, or he could be. It, but yeah. the, there isn't. You're right. Outside of George Kittle, and you know we hate to exclude Travis Kelsey, but uh, you know Kittle's Kittle's a younger man. Outside of yeah. Kittle. Kittle's got the inside track on being the, the best tight end in this decade. So I think so because of his production. Yeah, I would think so. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I don't know. So, so at some point I know that when the league sent out the all decade team, they also put together the all the other all decade teams um, going back to, I think to the twenties or something like that. Uh, I think it'd be fun to put together some sort of round Robin tournament. Like, I don't know if we can simulate it. It's like the Madden guys. Maybe they can simulate some of these all Madden, or these uh these all decade teams. So I'd like to put together at least going back to the eighties, right? So we do the twenty tens, the two thousands, the nineties, the eighties, um, and like simulate these games and see like who would win like a tournament between the four of them or something like that. That'd be great. Um, Yeah, yeah. There was back in the day, there was talk of trying to figure out a way to play fantasy that's already sort of happened historically. Happened. Uh, and, and, and it obviously never sort of really came to fruition from what I what I know. Mm-hmm. But imagine, you know, going going back and be able to like draft a team from players in the 1980s, you know, or right. you know, like the 1981 season, you know, 83, whatever. You can draft, you know, you know, Dan Marino at 84, whatever, whatever the case may be. Um, that's got that would be a lot of fun. And then actually have because who's really gonna go back and look 
at a on a per game basis. I mean, like you, you it's it would basically have to be best ball, right? You, you have a, you have a few cheat. nerds. You have a few nerds who do that, but most yeah. people are not going to do that. Right. <laughs> so you do like a best ball thing, and you just go out and I mean, I, I think it would. I, I I'd still do it, man. I want to draft yeah. Danny White. I love Look, Danny White. I don't care who knows it. We got time, you know. I'm sure somebody could put this thing together. Um, I think what would also be interesting about doing that is people kind of realizing how different, because you would have to draft differently, right? Like, um, like your quarterbacks, quarterbacks would go are, way higher, dude. They go way higher because you know, like a guy like Dan Marino is going to be so light years ahead yeah. of so many other quarterbacks in his draft yeah. um, that that you're not going to wait on him, right? You, you know, right. And I also think it'd be interesting because I think there are a lot of a lot of people. Um, Look, I'm amazed that that people, you know, like who are younger, who watch Sunday Night Football, are sort of now discovering that Chris Collinsworth was actually a pretty good player. A really good wide receiver, yeah. Dude. Right, and I think I think you're going to see a lot of people. You, you would learn that, like the guys you see on TV that you just know as being announcers. Uh, some of them were really, really great athletes uh, when they played. Um, yep. You know, I saw a thread, a, a Twitter thread. This was maybe a couple months ago before all this started. Uh, where people were just learning that Ahmad Rashad was more than just the host of NBA Inside Stuff, or or, or uh, Felicia Rashad's husband, right? Maybe. Right. You know that like he just he did more than just hang out with Michael Jordan all the time. Hi, Marcus. So I had to go and do it because I love this. I love I love this historical stuff, bro. Okay. In the eighties, the mm-hmm. highest scoring quarterback in fantasy football was Marcus. You in should know this. Eighties was it Marcus. Was it Joe Montana? Yes. Oh, was I was going to say Marino, but I guess, no, you know. So Marino, Marino played 32 fewer games in his second at 177-72. Joe Montana was at 21-36. Let me see. You guys, Eddie, you're never going to get this. Uh, so, like, but I'll throw uh, – uh, you guys, I'm going to give you hints, and you're going you're gonna to see if you can get it. So Montana is one. Marino's two. Three, four, and five. Three, I have mentioned his name in this show today. 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 Danny White? Wrong. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong. Um, I mentioned his name as it pertains to a team's jersey that I love. Oh, Dan Fouts. Dan Fouts is number three. Because Air Coriel was in its hand. Yes, yes. Yeah. Number four, okay? This team has changed cities since – this the, since the 80s okay. and they've had multiple basically they were the uh I, I can't even i can't even mention the name but basically they they've had three names in the time that this player has been the quarterback so in the 80s and i'll give you another hint okay right. if i'm not mistaken they're in a different division now too than they were back yes they're i'm pretty sure they're in a different division i could be wrong about that i'd have to look it up I'm pretty sure this team was in the NFC East, I think, in the 80s. He had a great wide receiver that he threw the football to. Was it Neil Lomax? Neil Lomax! Yes! Neil Lomax to green? Yeah. Yeah, they were in the NFC East because they played played the Cowboys and and the Giants twice a year. (laughs) They were the St. Louis Cardinals. Then they were the the Phoenix Cardinals. And then they're now the Arizona. So – so now you've got number five, and this one is going to be easy when I give you the hint. Mm-hmm. This guy played for 100 teams, not 100, <laughs> a lot of teams, and he was most notably known for his turnover propensity. 
Like Dave Craig. Dave Craig. <laughs> yes. Dave Craig. And number six, Eddie. Who had like tiny, tiny hands and would fumble a lot. Yes, yeah. he was a fumble machine. Uh, Eddie at number six, Bill Sims. Your <laughs> guy. Your guy. Would never guess that. God darn it, I love doing this stuff, man. Let's do a let's do a 1980s draft, man. I just love it. I love that, looking that at might, the names. That might have to be a thing we do just to pass the time. Yeah. Uh, Dude, Twitter. and, and uh, number number seven, John Elway. Number eight, Boomer uh, Esaias. And number nine, Tommy Kramer. And number ten, Ron Jaworski. And oh, by the way, Kramer versus Jaworski, 1980. I want to say first football game I ever saw on television. Wow. All right. Yep. Yeah. Cool. Amazing. Well. Speaking of watching things on television, uh, the NFL Network, our employers, uh, began yesterday re-airing all of the 2019 Red Zone week. So uh, from now until I think it's uh, April 21st or 22nd, something like that, um, you will have Scott Hansen giving you seven hours of commercial-free football. Uh, and so look. I, I get it. we all, you know, most of us have seen the red zones. We've seen the games. We sort of know what's going to happen. So, you know, look, I, I will be, I will admit to you that I am not one. I can't sit down a lot of times and watch a game where I already know the outcome unless like something really, really special happens. Um, so I figured there's got to be a way to kind of make this a little more interesting. And so I went, scoured the internet and I dug up a thing from, I think this was like from 2013. That's how far back this goes. Uh, somebody had put together a red zone drinking game. Oh boy! Now look, I I caution you to drink responsibly. If you're just sitting at home with uh you know with kids or something like that, you want to play like you know I don't know play for like drinks of juice or water or something like that, but just something to pass the time. Uh, so here are some of the rules, and then you you guys can jump in if you have anything else that you think should be a a rule for this. So uh, whenever Scott mentions that all games are currently at commercial break, take a drink. Uh, three drinks for a touchdown, one for a field goal, five for a safety. Uh, two for a two-point conversion, one anytime there's a turnover. If there's a game break within another game, uh, you have to take a drink. Anytime Scott references commercial free, uh, you can uh, you, you take two drinks. <laughs> if the Red Zone channel shows the beginning of a commercial break, which I don't know if it will happen. I, it may be edited. I have no idea. I haven't watched it yet on our network. But if they show the beginning of a commercial break, that's five. If you somehow take a bathroom break, and miss a touchdown, that's five. Uh, when the scoreboard only screen appears, like all the games are at halftime or something, that's one. Double is, boxes. Is this two. like shots that you're doing? Like five shots? Like what's I'm the This is this has got to be sips, right? This can't be. Uh, like, I'm going to say like you're going to be hammered you would die. Like, in the first you would die. Yeah, exactly. Double box. Double boxes two, triple boxes three. The quad box, you have to just continually drink throughout the duration of the oh, quad box, gosh. which is why I suggest maybe you do this with water and you'll just be bloated and waterlogged, and that'll the be the pain. worst thing that happens to you. Right. Yeah. Um, if you somehow get a six six pack or an octa box, then everybody in your group has to uh, immediately finish their drink. So and people um, actually did this, I'm sure, right? I'm sure people, people actually, actually did, did this. this. Yeah, I, I remember. I remember in back uh, when I lived in Florida, I was working at CBS at the time, and I, I'm not a drinker. And I and at mm -hmm. the time, I was taking a medication I couldn't drink, but everyone wanted to play uh, um, flip cup or whatever it was, mm -hmm. and I did it with diet coke. Okay, and I got sick from that. <laughs> like, try honestly, man, trying to like seriously, that'll make you maybe not feel as sick the next day when you're hungover and barfing into a toilet. But right. I got the stomachache from like doing playing flip cup with Diet Coke, man. That's I, how much. That's how much of a lightweight I am, dude. Diet Coke I makes remember, me sick. 
I remember, I mean, this is, I was, I was a kid. I must've been 10 or 12 and we decided to play, I don't know. We were playing like a card game or something and we played it for like tumblers full of water. Um, and like a friend of mine lost, he had, to, he had to drink eight of them. And like he crushed the first two or three and by like tumbler number six of water, he was just laid out on the floor groaning while the rest of us went out to go play. We left him inside to like figure oh, out man. his own situation. And he went out to go play wiffle ball or something like that. So um yeah the stupid thing yeah so i will uh, you know i will post these uh on my twitter account so in case in case you are uh bored or you know bold maybe a little bit foolhardy uh you can go through here and you can uh you can do this thing and play uh so i don't know there it is are you got have you any interest in watching some of the red zone stuff are you gonna go back and watch any of them um dude if i try and watch anything related to football that is not for work in the off season, my girlfriend is going to go absolutely crazy. I mean, like, you know, we're basically stuck in the house together now for, you know, right. how many weeks. If I try to watch old football, <laughs> that, that might be the end. I, that might be the end. We'll see. But right. I mean, yeah, that, that, but I'm also like, I'm also afraid that I'm going to watch something and be like, darn it. I, I, I remember sat that guy this weekend. He's got three touchdowns. Jeez. You know, like that's why the other become frustrating for me. That's the other part of maybe not watching these is like, cause you just will bring up all the, the bad things you did, all the mistakes you made um, yeah. more yeah. than, more than the, you'll probably remember the mistakes more than you remember the good things that you did is probably, that's, that's by probably the way, remember. one quick thing before we head out of here yeah. um, and we're going to do, we could do this for Thursday show. I'm going to challenge mm -hmm. Marcus and Eddie, Daniel, Jeremiah, posted photos of an actual test that the 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 wonderlick test mm -hmm. that the okay. kids have to come in and take i'm going to send it to you guys okay scouts honor i don't know if you're okay scout or not. you're going to take the test there's okay. i believe it's a 12 minute limit okay and you're gonna and you're gonna you're gonna grade yourself on how you did and i want so scouts gonna, honor no bs i want scouts we're honor gonna, we're all gonna take the wonderlick huh we're gonna take the wonderlick test Next week. Uh, I'm sorry, next show. So I'm going to send so, it to you guys. All right. ASAP. You're going to take the test, print it out, take the test, and I want to know how you did. All and right. Well, uh, and and in fact, I will send it out on Twitter. So people on Twitter can take it too. So people on Twitter can take it and let us all know right. how they did. All right. Uh, okay. And then Twitter, Twitter will leak our scores to the rest of the, uh, the rest of the public, <laughs> inevitably. Hell, That's dude, we got. Never. I mean, what else are we doing? We may as well take the Wonderlick and have fun. Might as well, right? So, all right, I'm down. Eddie, I'm, you in? I'm, I'm just worried about my draft stock falling. You know, I haven't taken a <laughs> test in time. But I want listen. This has got to be like that episode Seinfeld. Okay, uh, uh, episode the Seinfeld episode where you know they they they're you remember the episode right? They, it's it's the honor system. Okay? The honor system. I'm no out. Messing around. No messing around. Um, I feel system. like I feel like even if my you know if this hurts my draft stock, I feel like I can make it up in the interviews. You know, <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> my cone drill time wasn't great, so maybe the order could help me. I, I want a first round grade. All right, guys. I love it. All right. I, I will cool. send it out on Twitter, and I will send it. You guys can grab it on Twitter. Um, I'll have I'll have just the test, and then I will send out the uh, after you guys take the test. I can even grade them if you want, but we'll have to, we'll have some fun with that. <laughs> All right, we look forward to it. So that right. gives you guys that gives everybody out there somebody something to tune in for for, Ex uh, for that, exactly something more to tune already. in for if you didn't already. So, all right, there you go. That is it. We are done. We appreciate you listening and downloading and watching our clips as well. You know the drill. Tell two friends to tell two friends. Rate, review, and remember, you're only as good as your last haircut. Take care of yourselves. We'll see you on Thursday. <laughs>
you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. 